Hey everyone, I'm Eric Peckham, and this is the Monetizing Media Podcast. My focus is breaking down business opportunities across media, entertainment, and gaming with the savviest executives, entrepreneurs, and investors in the industry. This episode is part of my XR series, exploring the state of augmented and virtual reality to understand the next medium of human-computer interfaces and the opportunities it will create across media and entertainment, from new types of interactive storytelling to crafting virtual worlds with your hands instead of a keyboard. My guest today is Alone Greenspoon. Alone is the co-founder and CEO of Echo3D, a platform for developers to create and deploy AR, VR, and other 3D apps and games in the cloud, so they don't have to be downloaded to be used. Echo3D was founded in 2018 and has raised early funding from Reimagine Ventures, Convoy Ventures, and other experts in media infrastructure. Alone, welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Eric. So great to be here. Correct me if wrong, at a, a very high-level explanation of what Echo3D's platform is offering is essentially, as we use the web now and, and people go to normal websites, there, there are video files, image files that we engage with there that are stored on the cloud. And we don't have to download every video just because we want to watch it on YouTube. That same thing does not exist with 3D content, whether you're playing games or um, engaging with AR content, VR content, etc. And so you're providing a platform enabling developers both in creating that content and then uh, deploying it to different apps, the ability to do that on the cloud so that people don't have to download the content in order to engage with it. It can be updated in real time. Things happen much faster. Is that correct? Exactly, exactly. And it's something that we definitely see, you know, um, on the web or mobile, you don't need to be a web developer to update a blog post. You drag and drop an image or video, suddenly that appears in web and mobile. Um, so we translated these concepts into 3D, AR, VR, um, metaverse applications that basically allow you to drag and drop a 3D asset and then see it on a game engine or a camera or a web browser or a phone anywhere on the planet. Yeah. Echo is basically a cloud platform for 3D applications that provide tools and network infrastructure for developers and, and creators who want to build kind of any um, 3D application that you can think of. And it could be face filters, it could be NFTs, it could be games, um, and really, really engaging stuff that we're seeing in the last, um, I would say, year that kind of metaverse and kind of XR has become very, very popularized. I feel like in the XR realm, there's always this discussion of the chicken and the egg around mainstream adoption of technology and there being enough content, right? In order for people yeah. to, to use it, there has to be enough content. In order for people to invest in creating content, there have to be enough people who use it. And I think you know, what's maybe not as talked about as much is, is the infrastructure as a third component. A 3D asset is numerous files and, and can be a, uh, a very huge asset if you have to download it, which right now is, is what you have to do. Um, and we've normalized, you know, when you play mobile games, you, you download a giant game onto your phone that takes up a huge amount of space. You know, same thing with PC, yep. et cetera. You know, the, the VR headsets that are Facebook or, or Meta are pushing Quest very aggressively now and getting it to more hands, but obviously still very storage confined there if you want to have lots of content that you're quickly engaging with or you want to quickly try uh, a VR experience without having to you know, wait a long time to download it. Yeah, I mean, I think that the cool thing, and you kind of mentioned that about like kind of the chicken and the egg problem, I think what's good about specifically this year is the hardware is already there. Like if you look at the data, you mentioned the Oculus Quest, people are buying it like Matt, it's it's sold out everywhere in like every kind of holiday season. We're seeing like an influx of users. Um, we're seeing mobile devices who are filled with cameras. Like the iOS, um, any iOS device now has a LiDAR scanner, a part of it. So Apple just kind of added um, a 3D scanner 
to every iOS device. That's huge. Um, that's suddenly iPhones are kind of content creation tools for 3D. Um, we see camera first applications being the, the top applications out there. If it's Snapchat or TikTok, uh, it was just reported that TikTok surpassed Google as kind of the most visited service or kind of website um, ever. That's insane. Um, so we're kind of seeing now that the hardware is there when it comes to AR, VR, or camera applications. We're seeing that users are flocking to this technology. And now the only missing component is the way I see it is kind of the invisible stuff, the streaming, the conversion, the compression, things that are kind of happening on the cloud. Um, and we saw this revolution kind of happen, as we can discuss, in the worlds of kind of 2D, of images and videos. If I watch a video and my internet lags, what happens? It drops a few frames. It becomes slower. Um, What's the equivalent of 3D? If I want to have an insane model of the city of New York in the palm of my hand, do I actually have to render every single cab, every single window? Probably not. So that kind of optimization of 3D content, that kind of optimization of format, like, like you mentioned, multiple files, uh, these are big challenges that are kind of usually invisible. And that's what we love to kind of focus on the most, on the kind of invisible stuff that we can stream through the cloud. Yeah. So stepping back for a second, why hasn't this happened yet, right? This is a clear um, barrier in the industry. Uh, mobile games have been around, you know, since not long after the iPhone launched in, in uh, 2007. Um, and it's annoying for everyone to download big files. <laughs> what what has held up the industry from getting to a point where uh, 3D assets can be on the cloud? I think, again, we saw that in web and mobile. In the beginning, every website was pretty bad. And then you had kind of tools like Wix or Squarespace that basically helped you create web experiences much easier. Same thing happened with web. Uh, I'm sorry, with mobile. You had mobile apps that weren't that good, uh, but then you had cloud services that allowed you to kind of take them to the next level. And suddenly we saw the proliferation of dating apps and, and, and ride hailing apps and all that. So same thing ha is happening right now in 3D. Um, it's not that it didn't happen yet. It's just we're kind of gearing up to that. So we are seeing people buying hardware, creating applications that are okay, not the best. Um, and the only company that like Niantic, for example, is a prime example of a company who was able to popularize augmented reality with Pokemon Go, for example, but they obviously had the resources to build a cloud infrastructure or whatever. If you're a developer, you're a creator who wants to create the next Pokemon Go, how do you do that? Um, our answer is, is Echo. Like you use our kind of company's services and kind of platform to build that and we basically provide you with that kind of back-end cloud as a service to build an application like that. Um, but again, I see it as a natural progression. And, and you know what? Uh, maybe the next iteration of content, whatever that will be, like 4D content, whatever that means, something that we can't even imagine at this point, we'll probably have the same issues to solve. How do we bring hardware? How do we bring users? And then how do we bring the cloud to kind of connect them all? Yeah. At a, at a technical level, what are the big challenges that your team is trying to overcome in order to be able to do this? Yeah, so, so one thing is definitely what you mentioned about kind of file formats. Um, every kind of uh, kind of platform out there, if it's Android, iOS, or Unity, or Unreal, like all these different game engines, work with specific file formats. There's no real standard out there. Um, so if you're a developer who wants to work with iOS, but then you want to switch to Android, you probably have to kind of, you have to swap out the, the content. Uh, with Echo, that is something that we automatically built in, this kind of file conversion process. That basically, you upload one file format, doesn't matter which, it converts to everything. And when you query the server for that data, it automatically kind of gives you the right thing that you need, no questions asked. So that kind of, again, helps the process. 
um, run much faster. The other part is what you mentioned, that 3D files can be really, really big and really cumbersome. Um, you can have a 3D scan like this, like 500 megabytes large, um, but your device doesn't have that amazing internet. They could only download like five megabytes or something like that. Um, so these are the things that we have to be conscious on. And like, then we have to focus on building a really um, kind of unique compression pipeline that takes really large 2D models, compresses them into like smaller versions of the same file while retaining their look, their, their visuals, the animations, and so on and so forth. And the last thing I'll say is how interactive 3D content really shaped um, like our approach to building our cloud. So if you think about it, you as Eric, you can't move an image or a video on a website, but you can definitely move a avatar in a 3D space in a game or a kind of 3D couch across the room. And that location yeah. and its interaction with like the people around it or like other assets needs to be taken into account. So like our cloud has this kind of bi-directional communication that constantly updates locations and interactions and analytics on content that doesn't really exist in 2D. Yeah, you, you're you shaping your experience in an interactive environment like this in a way that you're not with, with normal video. And, and Yeah, and you're almost, again, you're kind of expected to engage it. You're expected to like try before you buy, interact with it, have it, have it kind of be a part of your space. And this is something that just 2D tools don't have these days. It's just, yeah. it's there. And every time I open a website, I expect the same video to pop up. That's not the same in 3D. Like when I open a 3D application today and tomorrow, I, I kind of want it to change. I want to see some new content or whatnot. Yeah. Well, an extra layer of complexity there is a, if that 3D asset is a multiplayer, multi-user experience in some way where, where different users are engaging with it simultaneously and you actually want you want the change that that one user is making to be reflected to other users exactly yeah you have to synchronize devices you have to synchronize users and what's interesting again specifically on our kind of cross-platform approach is that you can have multiple users on multiple devices let's say one user uses an iphone and one user uses an oculus quest you still want both of them to have kind of a similar experience and be able to synchronize with one another without being on the same platform and that's something that you can definitely do through our cloud as opposed to trying to figure out how do you synchronize all these things by yourself. Yeah. And and where Echo 3D fits in here, maybe you can explain most developers of 3D content are developing that content in a game engine, typically Unity or Unreal, and then publishing that to either the mobile app stores or the different VR headset uh, devices. Where within in that stack do you guys sit? Are you plugged in as, as part of that creation process in the game engine? Yep, exactly. So we, we have an SDK that is basically embedded into the game engine and connects it to the cloud with just a few clicks. So yeah. that means, let's say you use Unity, you click play, and then out of thin air, models start populating from the cloud. They just kind of appear in front of you. Um, Echo is actually one of the few um, Unity verified solution partners, kind of specifically verified with Unity, and you can see our logo on their website. Um, but this is, again, something that we're trying to kind of bring in game developers and ARVR developers and XR developers into this kind of fold. You already know how to use a game engine. You already know how to build hyper-visual applications. Doesn't mean that you know how to hook up a server or kind of configure streaming and stuff like that. Um, it's a different tool set. It's a different kind of skill set. Um, so that's, like, I think, what's really interesting about this space, that a lot of the creators out there are hyper-visual. They know how to build something on a game engine or a device. But all these kind of cloud configurations is a totally different uh, kind of uh, ball game. Um, and with Echo, we're trying to make that kind of um, integration much, much uh, easier. Yeah. 
How many developers are using Echo 3D right now? Today we have over, yeah, we have over 14,000 developers on our platform. Um, most of them are using it to build games or ARVR advertisements or campaigns or things around kind of, um, um, kind of training or data visualizations. Uh, and companies who use it at scale or companies in the advertising space or and companies who are building kind of, you know, VR Zoom solutions to kind of like take what we do today, like kind of Zoom chats to the next level or um, a company um, in Brooklyn, they use us to basically do AR for urban development. They upload really, really large 3D models of buildings. Um, they, they get from like architectural firms. We convert like 500 megabyte building to five megabytes and suddenly you can stream that to an iOS device. Um, another example I can give, um, which is kind of a non-technical -tech example, um, a company in Italy that they're not as technical, they just have, they do AR art. They upload just 2D images. We convert them to 3D stickers automatically and suddenly you can kind of try before you buy them, put them on the wall around you, put them um, in some open space and basically have like a virtual exhibition. Um, all the remote. Um, so a lot of the kind of new features that we do are kind of low code, no code solutions that even someone who's not technical but has access to content can create really cool and really engaging XR experiences. Yeah, the full scope of, of what people are using game engines for, they're using Echo 3D for. Yep, exactly. And I think even the word kind of game engine today is like kind of, we, we're basically redefining the word yeah. game because we're seeing like, you know, like, Fortnite is a game, but I would actually argue that it's a social network and people go there to kind of socialize with others. Um, there, there's so many kind of things that like we see it as a game, but now it kind of translates to something else. We see even like companies like Shopify somehow like adding kind of uses of like gamification into like Shopify. So you'll kind of buy and, and game while you do that. Um, so I think that's really interesting, but like the same way we didn't expect the websites to be social networks and blogs and all these different kind of categories of products, I think 3D experiences or games are now kind of being redefined as, as, as we kind of go along. Um, who would imagine like companies like Roblox will IPO, like it's a game and it's IPOing is one of the most successful companies in the, on earth at this point. Um, and it's a game. Same thing with, again, uh, like we mentioned, like Fortnite and stuff like that. Um, it's really, really amazing to behold how like these kind of 3D communities are becoming like the go-to place for so much more. Do you see a um, an order of different uh, industries being changed by bringing 3D assets into the cloud in the sense of whether it's just looking at your existing users and, and what they're using the platform for um, or what you expect based on what's happened in the past with other technology. Yeah. So I think it's interesting. I mean, the, you have to kind of break it down based on platforms. So the, the big like hardware ones, like the ones that are driven by like AR glasses and VR glasses or like VR headsets, um, they really had their kind of kind of moments in the kind of um, DoD and Army kind of having like in, like I think Microsoft like scored like a, like a billions of dollars in delivering the Hololens headset to the U.S. Army. Um, so a lot of the innovation when it comes to kind of hardware that is in the beginning pretty expensive for consumers starts there or like industry use cases like medical or um, kind of industrial um, applications. And after that, that trickles in once the tech becomes a bit cheaper. But if we look at the consumer stuff, it's already there. Like people like use face filters all the time, camera first applications, kind of face filters on Snapchat and TikTok and Instagram. We don't call it augmented reality, but that's what it is. Um, so I mean, the, the minute the camera became the new feed and that kind of happened in the last few years. And for people who are kind of younger than you and me, who are totally buying into kind of 
you know, 3D avatars and, and face filters and augmentations on the face, they're already in. Like, I don't see them graduating back to 2D interfacing and going back to Twitter or going back to, um, you know, Facebook. Um, and that's why, like we mentioned, TikTok is now like the most visited website, even more than Google, because um, people are like flocking to this kind of space. Um, so the way I see it is specifically around consumer, we'll start with social. We already see that. Um, and then gaming, we see that basically now. Um, and I think then all the other use cases will kind of come into the fold. Um, and again, we saw the same thing with websites and, and mobile apps. Like who had the websites in the beginning? Probably industry, probably universities. And then it became to the fact like everyone has a personal blog. Mobile apps are all the same. You have like really specific niche use cases for mobile apps because not a lot of people have like smartphones and then smartphones are everywhere. And now Lady Gaga has an app. Same thing with XR. Um, you basically have kind of kind of big industry use cases, then it trickles down to kind of everyone. And, and now we see, again, uh, insane success stories if it's Pokemon Go or just face filters were constantly used um, by people on Snapchat. Yeah. I'm curious, what are the other pieces of infrastructure that your team's not focused on building, um, but that need to be advanced as part of this oh. broader goal? Love it. Uh, great question. So I think, um, so we don't do hardware and a lot of the newest um, kind of biggest companies like Nvidia, for example, or Intel, um, are really focused on creating like really insane kind of, kind of, um, kind of graphics cards. Um, I think you even saw it with like Nvidia's last release, um, the RTX um, 3080, I think, sold out. Everyone wanted to get their hands on it, like an insane piece of hardware um, that basically allows you to run really um, extensive graphic applications like high-end games. Um, this is something that definitely needs to kind of uh, continuously move forward. Um, we're seeing almost every big company has like some server farm that is filled with um, high-end kind of um, computer graphics um, and, and kind of calculations. A lot of the, um, I mean, a lot of the advancement that we see in every technical um, field today, like even AI, really leverages this kind of high-end hardware for computation and, and streaming. So definitely, definitely something that we leverage too. Um, and again, exciting stuff that we're getting, you know, that your phone is today is kind of stronger than what the computer that took us to the moon and everyone has it in their pocket. So, um, and, and this is, and this is kind of, again, like, like the tip of the iceberg, there's so much more than that. So really, really exciting stuff. Yeah. Incredible. What's echo 3d's business model. So classic kind of, um, SaaS platform play, uh, very similar to other kind of cloud providers out there. The more kind of cloud resources you consume bandwidth storage API calls, the more you pay. Um, and then kind of our platform skills and an affordable rate. Uh, kind of the more usage you have, the more you pay, basically. Um, it's something classic. Most developers going to know that from other developer tools. If it's things for like Twilio that has like an API for SMS or SendGrid that provides you with an API for newsletters, we just have an API for 3D. Where can listeners see examples of Echo 3D used in different entertainment or XR projects? Yeah, so actually in our platform, we have a page we call the inspiration page, and it is filled with hundreds of examples of users who built applications that basically made them public or we kind of able to showcase them. Um, amazing things from uh, gaming and, 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 and training and data visualization. And we even had during COVID, we had a lot of um, kind of users who are creating like, you know, kind of mask face filters, kind of visualize how you kind of wear masks properly and stuff like that. Um, 
or like simulations of how COVID lingers on surf on different surfaces. So really, really engaging stuff. I definitely recommend people just go to our website. It's www.echo3d.co. That's E-C-H-O-3D.co. Um, register to our platform, go to that inspiration page, see what the community is building. Again, we have over 14,000 developers on the platform and between 200 and 300 developers registered every week. Um, you can be one of those creators. It's not that difficult to, to create 3D applications anymore, uh, specifically in our platform. And this is definitely, again, the, the time to kind of get inspired by why people are building and, and, and kind of what is possible with 3D. Um, and again, I'll take it back to the example of web and mobile that we were really constrained by our imagination in a sense of what can you build with websites. And after a while, it became clear. Same thing happened with mobile. After a while, it became clear like everyone needs a, a mobile, kind of a mobile app. We're, we're having kind of the same brainstorm, like collective brainstorming session um, on like AR, VR, and 3D. Like how can I leverage that into my industry? Um, and I think everyone should basically ask that question for themselves. Like, how can I leverage the camera? How can I leverage the space? How can I leverage a game engine to build something unique for my industry? Yeah. Well, so for, for people listening who are convinced and they're excited about what you're up to, um, any specific uh, shout outs on, on how they can engage or um, how they can be helpful for, for what your, your team needs now as a startup? Yeah, I mean, first of all, we're hiring. So if anyone is uh, kind of looking to join a kind of incoming startup, uh, definitely, again, check out our website. Um, but in general, again, I mean, the thing I love most is kind of evangelizing the space of kind of 3D and AR and VR. Um, go to our Slack channel, join, talk to kind of like-minded developers and creators who are building applications. Um, we run a developer workshop called How to Build a Cloud-Connected 3D App in 15 Minutes or Less. I promise you that you whoever is listening right now can build an AR app or VR app or 3D app in 15 minutes or less. So try that, like go through that kind of workshop, build something cool, get that wow moment that you're seeing like 3D models like appear on your phone. Um, it's really, really engaging. Um, and I think you should definitely kind of, again, kind of ask yourself like, how do I inject 3D content in AR and VR into my industry? Those of you listening who do take 15 minutes to create something in AR for the first time, like Alon said, uh, please share that with us over Twitter or wherever else. We'd love to see it. And alone, thanks for joining today. Thank you so much, Eric. This was so much fun. Really appreciate it. Thanks for listening to this episode. If you found our conversation insightful, please share it with friends and give it a five-star rating on Apple or Spotify. Keep up with future episodes by signing up for the free Monetizing Media newsletter at monetizingmedia.com. Which pioneer in AR and VR do you want to hear from on the next episode? Send your recommendations to me on Twitter or email me at eric at monetizingmedia.com.